Welcome to Pop On Leadership, a conversation with two friends who are obsessed with leadership development and the world of pop culture. So we decided to combine the two. I'm Kara Kirby. And I'm Virginia Martinez. We work with organizations all over the world to inspire and implement people-first practices. We're here to talk about navigating the workplace, and we do it through the lens of great television. Our first two seasons are dedicated to Ted Lasso. Join us as we unpack the leadership lessons in each episode. Let's get into it. Welcome back, everybody, for season two, episode nine of Pop on Leadership, where we will be talking about Beard After Hours. Now, this is, wait, hold on a second before I start. Kara, have you heard of the term bottle episode? A bottle episode? No, I have not. Yeah. So before people start coming at me, I know that the Beard After Hours <laughs> is technically not a bottle episode, but it's very close. So bottle episode is a term that was originated when there would be a TV series and there was one episode that they had to do with like a lot of constraints, mostly because of budget. So they would like do like very few characters in like a very few one to like two locations. And so oh, it's kind of so it'd be like a little out of the norm, but they'd set it up as if they're like going deep into something and it was mostly forced by like budgetary constraints or what have you and since then the term um, bottle episode has come to refer or used loosely to refer to episodes like this one where it's outside of what we're used to it really focuses on one character it doesn't have that ensemble cast and it's kind of a very specific story right so anyway even though it's not technically it is sort of a nod to a bottle episode it is also a nod and homage to martin scorsese's uh cult classic after hours and essentially it's it's us finally getting to know beard yeah, because we've only had little snippets of them, the snippets that we love, but we don't really know the inner workings of Beard. Yeah. This show, people, fans are divided. Fans are really yeah. divided. How do you feel about it? I, I, I'll take, I'll take Beard however he is served. And I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> I think I... Yeah, I think I have said this before, but him doing karaoke of Lady Gaga has yeah. a just complete fangirl inside of me. No, but um, yeah, I, I I liked it. I I just I love how this season we get all of these representations of different movies and different shows and there's just all these easter eggs that are hidden in between i just think it's i think it's fun and not only is this going you know it's kind of like following that martin scorsese film but it also gives a very clockwork orange which i i weirdly loved that movie when i was a little girl like i love the movie i i read the unabridged book like i was like i had like a whole clockwork orange i mean i've always been very into psychology right even as a young kid um but yeah so it was i love beard and i also i just think it was like very cool and artistic what they did yeah and for our listeners you've probably already put together that there's not a lot of org development or org design that we can point to so we're not going to go grasping for straws just to fill time but we are (laughs) we are going to still um talk about the show a little bit and um and that's what we're doing yes i i actually for similar reasons really love this episode um, because you get to see Beard more. You get to sort of, because he is this mysterious character. So the fact that we're led into his home for the first time and he has 
a Burning Man poster <laughs> framed. You're like, ah, there's a clue. Like, I'm starting to get to know this guy. I saw that and I didn't know if it was Burning Man or not. That's so interesting you picked up on that as well. Yeah, Coach Beard is a burner. It's like, who knew? But yeah, it makes <laughs> sense. Um, there's that. I also just love the creativity of this show. And um, you and I may have talked about this in the past, but Ted Lasso season two well, sorry, the first season had 10 episodes, and they thought that the second season was going to have 10 episodes as well. When Apple said, hey, you've got 12, they're like, oh, we 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 have two more episodes to figure out. Let's get creative. And they did the Christmas episode, Carol of the Bells, mm-hmm. and then they did this one. And so I also, you can, without knowing that story, you could tell that the everyone had a lot of fun writing this episode right it really pushed their creativity and so I like it for that reason too I just I don't know have you I speaking of saying that since we're just talking about tv and and this is going to be more pop than it is going to be leadership today y'all yeah (laughs) um have you seen Barb and Star's trip to Vista Del Mar have you seen that movie I've seen like 75 percent of it yes Okay, I always everyone gets pushback of how much I love this movie because it's <laughs> so. <laughs> I like made like a I wrote like a novel on Facebook about what a piece of art that movie was, but like one of the reasons why I loved it so much is because I like you could feel as a viewer how much fun they had like making that movie, yeah. and I think that yeah. that's such a such a special feeling whenever like a TV show or a movie can do that for you. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. And there might be a moment in time in our lives where you're working at the furniture store and I just come visit you. (laughs) (laughs) That's how we're going to meet for the first time. (laughs) Or we take a trip and like we're not allowed in the fancy pool and we have to break in. Um, I was just talking about another TV show like that, which might be a little controversial. Not everyone likes it because, but The Righteous Gemstones. Mm, I haven't seen that one. Okay. It's, um, oh my God, I'm blanking on this name. It'll come to me. I don't know why, but it's based in South Carolina. It's a, based around a family that owns one of these mega churches, but they're also like mm. billionaires. And that's the patriarch of the family played by John Goodman and his like kids who are useless in all different ways and just like obviously grew up spoiled but anyway in all it's not like succession but it's almost like (laughs) hilariously you're like oh they have the same issues as succession (laughs) but point being the reason i brought it up is you can tell that they probably ad lib or make up their lines or riff off each other all the time you're i'm constantly asking myself how did they film this without laughing you know and so like a lot of things in that show are so cringy, but the joy I have of like knowing they felt joy. <laughs> it's like when people crack up on SNL skits. Yeah. Like that's my, those are my favorite. Absolutely. So yes, we love this. We, we are on the side of loving this episode yeah. because we, I, we think that you can feel the writers just having artistic freedom throughout it. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of artistic freedom, there's this recurring thing that happens, this recurring theme, we could call it, where Beard drops his keys, almost loses them. Did you research the the reason behind this, by the way? I, I Googled a little bit and then I stopped because I didn't want uh, me to like hook on to that answer, but I was going to ask you. Yeah. 
Did okay, you? Well, I did Google it and I actually think this is fascinating and we can talk about it. So, um, so I have, I have this up right now, so I'm just going to read it real quick. So it references a poem about a man under a blue moon oh. whose keys set others free while traps himself in the very setting he frees others from. Oh, wow. I did not find that in my Google. That's it's, well, it's in Reddit. It's in Reddit. But isn't oh. that good, right? That's amazing. Wait, wait. Say it again. Say it okay, again. Okay, let me say it again. Okay, so just so everybody knows, what happens throughout the episode is that Beard keeps dropping his keys. And so it's really interesting and it's really artsy why it keeps happening because he keeps – he, he'll get himself in these bad situations and he drops his keys and somebody says, you lost your keys. And we'll talk about this episode a little bit more, but this is a reoccurring theme that he keeps dropping his keys. So let me read this again. So it's a reference of a poem about a man under a blue moon whose keys set others free while he traps himself in the very setting he frees others from. Fascinating because there are references to the moon throughout, like obviously the moon in the mm -hmm. sky, but then when they go to that after hour clubs, there's like a moon, there's like, or when um, the super fans, the three guys from the pub run onto the field and there's like the lights turn on really bright. It's almost like the light of the, it's at night. Oh, I love this. I know. Right. So if you think about Beard. Beard is almost, he's our figure in the show that's all-knowing, right? He watches, he's observant. Um, we even get this really great line from him in this episode where he says, you know, I dated this woman and I listen more than I talk. Mm -hmm. So Beard is our quintessential introvert that is listening and observing and just a body of knowledge. But, but we also, at the same time, we get a view in this episode of how tortured he is. Mm -hmm. So it, it's like he can tell everybody else how to solve their problems, but it's but he's still tortured himself. I have a theory on that. Okay, go for it. Okay, you know how we had our brilliant friend Sandia come and who's an expert on Enneagram? Well, and she like, you know, typecasted the characters. I am always trying to guess about people's planetary placements, not their... <laughs> Wait, stick with me. Okay, so I'm with you. I love you. Know I support you all day. <laughs> so the whole time, I've always been like, I think Beard has some like big water placements. Like I'm like, I don't know if he's a Pisces, Cancer, Scorpio, but there's something going on. And if I if I had to guess, he might be a rising Taurus only because I think Scorpio. Mm. I think Scorpio is in his seventh house of relationships and partnerships like it's intense and stealth and moody at times etc okay so i can't find so okay i don't know beard's real birthday but brendan hunt <laughs> i know okay okay i know i know i'm kind of crazy but i can't find the time he was born because i'm not a stalker right and i'm not going to go through the archives of like the chicago um you know birth certificates but i do have at least date year and location so Bear with me. I don't have his, like, the placement of his houses. I don't know his ascendant. But I do have, I do know that he's a cancer son. And there's a couple of other things that were going on in the sky that, again, it's half the story because I don't know what house they're placed in. But here's what's really interesting is not only would this actor and writer be a cancer son and cancer's all about emotions, mm -hmm. emotions, emotions. The sun is your identity. So you have this very caring, emotional way about you and how you kind of 
come across or how you identify, but also his Mercury and Mars would also be in Cancer. And Mercury is mm. how you Mercury is how you communicate. So the way you communicate might have a very caring style. Now here's the kicker with Mars. There, Mars is like an aggressive, like. Yes, a planet of aggression, how we take action. And it does better in some signs than others because cancer is like so soft and caring. Mars is like, I just want to charge through. And so what you end up happening with people who have like a a Mars cancer placement often is that they can be a little passive aggressive because they can't be as direct as they want. And I was like, whoa, okay, again, the actor is not the character, but I was sensing some big water placements. And if it is styled in any way, shape or form or influenced by Brendan Psyche, it could be Mm -hmm. those things. Yeah, that a big internal conflict. Okay, now that I've lost half our listeners... (laughs) We told everyone this was going to be a weird episode, so we can't not deliver. I know. You you said the moon. You said the moon. And I was like, okay. <laughs> it's a trigger word. <laughs> Doors open. Um, <laughs> um, the, the, the other thing that came up to me, well, again, I don't want to grasp at straws, but it was very clear that Beard is one of these people who has an in-office work personality and out-of-office, like, like personal private side personality, you know, and this, this notion that he can keep those things separate was really nice in a world where everyone wraps up their identity with work Mm -hmm. and work is a family and, you know, yada, yada, yada. He's just like, this is what I'm like at work. And this is what I'm like when I'm not. I thought that was cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, Something else. Okay. So when this episode starts, Beard goes to the pub and he can't, everybody's talking about how horrendous this game was and he can't really disassociate what he's trying to do. And so then he goes and the three guys, the super fans come and sit down with him and they go on these adventures like throughout the night together. And what I think is actually really special that I want to give a nod to is how much, you know, Beard, Beard is a coach of the Richmond team, right? But he he has no status with these guys. Like he makes mm-hmm. everybody feel like they're complete equals. And mm-hmm. he just spends the entire night like lifting them up and mm-hmm. like making them feel like they're bigger than themselves. So there's a few things that happen where they go to they go to this exclusive club and these guys think that they're not worthy to get in and then beard puts together a ruse so they can get into this club. And then there's these douchey guys that are playing pool and they're like talking down to the super fan guys. And Be- <laughs> right. Like there's, I just think it's really sweet. There's all these moments where Beard is like lifting these guys up and it doesn't matter that they're super fans and he's the coach of like the star team of the town. Like you never feel like there's any kind of superiority, which I just think is something very, I mean, you know, I love Beard, but I just think it's something very special. Yeah. And now that you bring that up, he did that in a way where he balanced the playing field along things like education, money, you know, job, like all these things, right? He, he never let them feel, even though they went into those situations feeling less than he's like, no, 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 like not on my watch. Like, why would you, why would you say you're not allowed here? What? And then he was like calling them like geniuses and, you know, Mm -hmm. I thought it was really sweet yes that he um 
but he himself has no ego but and also sees that what he sees that he has access to things they don't and so he kind of lifts them up yeah okay and maybe that's the keys thing right he can mm-hmm. lift up everyone around him but he can't lift himself up out of the torment that he puts himself through yeah i, I think it's also he's conflicted we've talked about this before too but that he isn't always all that direct with with coach lasso right like mm-hmm. he he can be more direct. He has like the shorthand. They almost have like a secret language, those two, right? Yeah. And yet but they're not honest with each other a lot. No, it and, is a little passive yeah. aggressive. Yeah. And and you see that in this episode too, is that Beard, it's like Beard knows the answers. He knows what to say to 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 Lasso, but he's holding back. Yeah. And he's blaming himself from holding back. So there's that cognitive dissonance that's happening because he's not doing the things that he knows are the right things to do. And then he's beating himself up about it. Yeah. And it wraps up, you know, it's he has this wild night out that you imagine goes until the wee hours because it's already late when he finally shows up at that club and finds Jane and he's dancing on stage <laughs> with with a hula hoop the best the best i mean of course beard knows how to hula hoop you know like effortlessly um and just is dancing it out right like you're like oh yeah he is a burner um he's like dancing and having so much fun no it's good yeah, yeah. um i mean i i'm not a burner i think it's a little too dusty for me I, you know but <laughs> I'm like, I'd be like, oh, I'm so crusty and dusty. Yeah, I don't want to like it. But um, but I think it's cool. And anyway, so he dances it out. You can tell he goes to the wee hours. And then the final, final scene is the coach's staff in um, the office. They had agreed to come together after the game, which we believe might be like a Sunday morning. And they're waiting for Coach Beer to show up with the coffee. And Nate's like, well, if he doesn't show up soon, I'm going to go get it. And Ted Lasso's like, Trust me, he'll always show up. And he shows up wearing those crazy pants <laughs> with the coffee orders. And here's what I noticed. I'm curious if you what you thought about this like final, final scene is he went from spending being so stressed about work and all the nitty gritty details to being like, eh, I'm going to put my feet up and take a nap while they talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was like. Maybe he just needed that release from going like, oh, my God, everyone hates me. I'm bad at my job to like, it's not all that serious. I don't know. That was how I I wrapped up that episode, but I didn't know how you you took the ending. I don't know if I have a response to that one. Yeah. Like, I I mean, I do love the end where Ted is like the only. So what he does is they're going to watch the game and there's still so much pain around that game. So he has this quote where he says, um, sometimes games are so awful. The only way to watch them is at 10 times the speed with Benny Hill music in the background. And yeah. so he, he just like puts like he puts the. the the game on fast forward is like, you know, like, um, and I don't know. I just, I, I don't know if I have a thought on beard and his response, but I do have a thought. It it was like a nice close for everybody to be like, all right, this happened. It sucked. And like, let's move on. Yeah. Yes. 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 I totally agree with you. And obviously he's hung over. He's tired. That could have, it could have just been like, he physically needs to sleep, but I also took that as a moment, like, because this has been some of the conflict he has with Ted. Like, you're not taking this seriously. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to make some hard choices. And he, and look, Ted has, he brought on Jamie, but um, 
I also thought like there again lies the conflict where we got the sense originally that, you know, Coach Beard was like having some tension with Coach Lasso around this. And then he's like, whatever, I'm just going to cover my eyes, put my feet up. And I don't know if that's like Ted's going to be Ted or I can't stress myself. I can't stress myself out about this as much as I have been like. This job is not all of me. I don't know. I'm, of of course, we said we weren't going to grasp at straws, and here I am. But <laughs> No, I'll keep grasping at this straw. There, I think the question that remains for me on this is, you know, Beard does such a beautiful job of, of being a supporting role to Ted. He knows that Ted has got this big personality and that he's just a magnetic human being and that he's going to, and he does magical things when it comes to working with people. And so he's on this, he does a support role. He does all the education. He makes it so Ted can be this person. Like there is Mm -hmm. no Ted without beard. Mm -hmm. Um, But he also like, it's like, and even whenever they're doing that debrief, like Beard should have stepped up and said, listen, I've been holding back mm-hmm. and I knew better. And, and, and I got it. And I have to start telling y'all whenever I know better, like, that's what I yeah. need to see from him. Yeah. Oh, all right. For not a lot of org development stuff. We found some nuggets. We found some nuggets in here. It was a fun episode. I'm glad that we both like it. Yeah. We're both yeah. obviously coach Beard in any format. We will yeah, whatever. However he's served. Yeah. And I'm I'm gonna be determined to find out what sort of Scorpio <laughs> relationship <laughs> and what sort of water placements this guy has. But yes. Um Brendan, where were you born? Just give us your address. Just, no, no, yeah, just the time. No, not the address. I'm not, oh. I'm not crazy. Don't you, to, don't you need to know like the place that they were born? Yeah, but not like down to your home address. I like so Chicago is fine. That's enough okay. of a level. Okay. But I but I do need to the minute time. <laughs> so I'm not completely crazy. I'm just specific. Okay. okay so- Brendan. Brendan, listen, we need the time. So just DM us. We're open. <laughs> <laughs> this is going sideways. Okay. On that note, on that note, thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we want to keep the conversation going. Share your leadership stories with us, whether they're dreams come true or some nightmares you want to talk through. You can visit us at poponleadership.com or over at Instagram at poponleadership. And a very special thanks to our friends and family who have supported us from the beginning and to Pam Rodriguez, who helped make this crazy dream a reality. Thank you. See you next time.